Hello, and welcome to A Well-Read Life. This is a place to share stories about good books and the reading life. I'm your host, Beth Jamison. Join me as I meander through my reading journey and discover the books that make up A Well-Read Life. Philippa Talbot is a high-ranking businesswoman in 1950s London. One New Year's Day, she surprises her co-workers with an announcement that she has decided to become a Benedictine nun. What follows is the story of Philippa's life and her fellow nuns at Breed Abbey. Rumor Gardens in this house of Breed is a beautiful, insightful, and moving book. I remember reading In This House of Breed for the first time. It was during Lent, the time in the church calendar of reflection and preparation for Easter. One Sunday afternoon, at the start of the season, I sat on my couch and read about Philippa Talbot's journey to Breed Abbey. I was gripped from the outset. The Benedictine monastery of Breed Abbey is full of activity and life, drama and faith. As I read, immersed in the nuns' lives, their daily rhythms and work, I noticed that I felt less rushed and harried. I found that I could rest more easily. It wasn't that I was carried away in a blissful state as I read it. The book has its fair share of drama and tragedy. But it felt as though there was an anchor that upheld the women through it. It is one of a handful of books that I have seen Christian faith portrayed with such authenticity and beauty. In This House of Breed opens on New Year's Day, a time of new beginning for the character Philippa Talbot. Over the course of the morning, she gives away the possessions of her office, some of which are very valuable, to her co-workers and tells them of her plans. The tension builds throughout the chapter as she slowly says goodbye to her old life and prepares to interbreed as a contemplative nun. A contemplative nun is bound to one house or monastery for the rest of her life. I remember realizing what an enclosed life means for Philippa, She renounces her right to live in and see the outside world again. Philippa is pledging her life to Breed Abbey. If she enters it and becomes a nun, she will remain there until she dies. It was Philippa's goodbye that impressed me the first time I read it. On my first reading, I vaguely sensed Philippa's cost of entering Breed. But until now, I had not thought of her sorrow and the struggle of leaving her old life. It isn't a goodbye that promises reunion, but finality. Like many people in recent years, I have become fascinated with monastic life. I'm sure I have a list somewhere of books I want to read, either about monasticism or ones on how to incorporate the practices in everyday life. To me, these titles promise an oasis of rest in a hectic and busy world. Perhaps it is a form of escapism, a fantasy of tranquility and peace, time alone to pray without interruption, a chance to relish silence. On my second reading of the book, though, I was brought out of this fantasy. I was reminded that the contemplative life isn't a means of escape or a fantasy to indulge in. It is a calling to serve the world in prayer and love. And now, here's more about the story. Perhaps like me, Rumor Godden was fascinated by the monastic life. She wrote a few books involving nuns. I haven't read them all, so I can't speak for them. But In This House of Breed strives to be a true-to-life portrayal of life in a monastery. In her memoir, A House with Four Rooms, Rumor Godden starts off her chapter about the writing of In This House of Breed 
with a quote from one of the nuns at Stanbrook Abbey. It was one of the inspirations for the fictional breed Abbey. In it, she says, I wish, said Dame Felicitas, that someone would write a book about nuns as they really are, not as the author wants them to be. I thought of Black Narcissus and blushed. I haven't read Black Narcissus by Rumor Godden. It is one of her early books, written nearly 30 years before In This House of Breed, and from what I gather is a more romantic and tragic account of a group of nuns' lives. And while In This House of Breed isn't devoid of tragedy and scandal, it is an unromantic story about the quiet lives of nuns at Breed Abbey. Rumor Godden was bold to write this book. On the surface, a book about the everyday moments of nuns in a monastery may seem like a dull read, especially compared to the titillating Black Narcissus. You may doubt it when I tell you that it is quite the page-turner. Believe me when I say that I couldn't put this book down, and that Rumor Godden has a compelling gift for making you care about these women's lives. It isn't a linear story. The book is made up of a single narrative thread. We follow Philippa's story mostly, and the abbey's transition to a new abbess. But it also branches off into small vignettes of other nuns' lives, coming together finally so that by the end you feel as if you know them. Some of the stories are tragic, some are damaging and hurtful to the community, especially because the nuns are so dependent on one another. Each act affects them all. But many of the stories are about self-sacrifice and full of love. The nuns have been called to a life of service and love to their community and the world, and they take the call seriously. It is a curious thing to think that someone would choose to live out their life in an enclosed monastery, especially starting at such a young age. Some of these women enter as young as 18. You have barely begun to live at 18. To make a life-altering decision at such a young age is weighty. And not only to make such a decision, but to make a vow, one that is irrevocable, is frightening. But again, the nuns don't think of it as a decision, but as a calling. I understood that it was a calling, but I was still puzzled why the monastery was enclosed. Couldn't the nuns serve as easily if they weren't enclosed? My answer came from a conversation Philippa has with her secretary, Penny, early in the book. An enclosed order is like a kind of powerhouse, said Mrs. Talbot. A powerhouse of prayer. You protect a powerhouse not to enclose the power, but to stop unauthorized people getting in to hinder its working. If the nuns are to engage in a life of prayer and intercession for the world, they need to protect the prayer from interruption. Because as Rumor Godden says in her memoir, it is not only praise and supplication. Underlining all is the fight against the evil that has always been in the world. It is a life of willful sacrifice, of a determined fight against evil in the world, born from love. To read in this house of breed is to be immersed in the life of this monastery. Rumor God makes you feel as if you are a part of Breed Abbey, the daily rituals and work. The nuns take time to intercede for the many people who write to them and are available to meet for counseling and guidance. We get a few glimpses of this, but none as touching as the story of Philippa's former secretary, Penny, who the nuns later keep a prayer vigil for as she is near death. It is a powerful moment in the book, sensitively written, that shows the service and love the nuns have for the world outside the abbey. At the heart of the book are two women's stories, Dame Philippa Talbot and Dame Catherine Ismay, later the new abbess. Before her entry into Breed Abbey, Philippa Talbot is confident and sure in her decisions, intelligent and savvy. But visiting a church service one day where she sensed an atmosphere of prayer begins Philippa's life-changing conversion. 
Just before a big promotion, she leaves her job and enters into Breed, hoping to become a nun. Philippa is in her early 40s at the start of the book. She is a middle-aged woman who has experienced more of the world than the other nuns. She has been in love, married, and widowed, and experienced the tragic loss of a child. Her character is established and rigid. She isn't as moldable as the other postulants. Philippa struggles with her new life in the Abbey. She struggles with the sparseness of it and having to give up her small comforts, not realizing how attached she has become to luxuries. Thankfully, this part doesn't come off as judgmental or didactic. It is graciously written. Philippa isn't portrayed as privileged or spoiled in these scenes, but authentically, much like we would behave. It isn't condemning, it's honest. We are, after all, generally creatures of comfort. Philippa knows that if she is going to devote her life to prayer and contemplation and service, there must be sacrifice. She cannot be distracted even by her harmless comforts. In spite of Philippa's struggles to reconcile her former life with her life in Breed Abbey, the sacrifice is worth it for her to be there. More than any other story in the book, I am touched by Philippa's. To me, she embodies the Christian's walk in life. From the moment when she gets on the train to leave London for Breed, indeterminately leaves her old life behind, refusing to turn back because she has found a better way. She is strong and vulnerable, intelligent and humble, and refreshingly imperfect. She remains one of my favorite female characters in literature. Dame Catherine Ismay is also a favorite character of mine. Perhaps I relate to her shyness and reluctance to act. After the sudden death of the former abbess and the illness of the prioress, who should have assumed the role of abbess, she is chosen to take the reins of breed. She feels ill-equipped and completely unprepared for the role. Abbess Catherine Ismay is left with the legacy of the former abbess, a venerated and much-loved woman, but one who left the abbey in a compromised position. She must deal with a situation that affects the whole community of nuns. Dame Catherine at first shrinks from her new position, afraid that she is not up to the task, but she ultimately trusts and accepts that this is the place that God has called her to and that he will supply her with the necessary means to do this work. It is a beautiful picture of faith and trust, and she fills her new role with grace and wisdom. There are other stories beside Philippa's and Abbas Catherine that enliven in this house of breed. There is naive Sister Cecily with her gift for music, who has fought with her mother for a long time to interbreed Abby. She must battle her mother's disapproval, a former childhood friend's love, and the doubt of her calling by many of the nuns and sharp-tongued Dame Agnes, a brilliant scholar who has spent years of her life writing a book only to be told that the publishing house no longer wants to publish it. She is Breed Abbey's own prophet, cautious, not afraid to pass judgment or speak hard truth to the community. She is the only one during a crisis in Breed to remind her fellow nuns that, that their first charge is to bring the matter to prayer. Even in a house steeped in prayer, they forget this. And Dame Veronica and Abbess Hester, whose pride and vanity threaten the financial stability of the Abbey. There's Dame Colette, a French nun who makes church vestments, elegant and chic even in her habit. And so many other women besides, who make up this community. Their stories may be in snapshots, but each has a place and a purpose. Each nun brings her own gifts to breed, to enrich it. It took Rumor Godden five years to write In This House of Breed, and was written in the years leading up to her conversion. During the writing of the book, Rumor Godden did research into life in a monastery, often calling on the nuns of Stanbrook Abbey to lend authenticity to life in a monastery. 
to ask questions about ritual, observances, and tradition. Rumor Godden first came into contact with the Stanbrook nuns when her daughter Jane was expecting a child. Jane had suffered a miscarriage after the birth of her first child, and the doctors were concerned that this pregnancy would be too great of a risk for her. Worried, and rightfully so, about her daughter's safety, at a poet's friend's suggestion, she wrote to the nuns of Stanbrook Abbey and asked them for prayer. Rumor Godden writes in her memoir, It was the first time I had heard of a place that has become a lifeline for me. Rumor Godden did well to model this lifeline aspect in her own book. A pamphlet from Stanbrook Abbey quoted in her memoir perfectly embodies the spirit of In This House of Breed. It says, We do not engage in works outside our monastery, for we have chosen to live in silence and concentration. At the hidden springs, the deepest level, where the struggle is enacted between the powers of good and evil, where our union with Christ bears fruit for all mankind. We have chosen a stillness more powerful than all activity, a detachment more fulfilling than all possession, a wisdom exceeding all knowledge, and a love beyond all. In this house of breed is a work of beauty, full of sacrifice, devotion, and love. Once I picked this book up, I couldn't put it down. And once I turned the last page, I was sorry to see it end. Since reading it a few years ago, it has never been far from my thoughts. It is the kind of story that stays with you, one that seems alive long after you close the book. Read this book if you crave a well-crafted and beautiful story. Read it for the ordinary and powerful stories of these women's lives. They are unsung heroes of a sort diligently serving the world in prayer. Read it for the peace and truth it offers. <laughs>